to start off this episode, we're going to play a clip from my wife, Ariana, where she does a classical arrangement of an Albanian tune called Snowflower or Lula Bor. I hope you enjoy it, and we're going to start playing more of her clips on every episode. again at our daily walk. It's five o'clock in the morning. Overcast skies, no stars to be seen, not even that cold. We're going to start our walk and we hope to get a guest on the show today. We will find out. Until then, you've got just me. I also have some clips lined up for you. Um, Some more clips from yesterday's interview uh, with Leon McGilchrist. And he's actually talking about the soul in another whole other show. Um, So it looks like And the soul as being something. He's also saying that the. I'm 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 really channeling this guy because he's saying that the body that the mind is not a robot. It's not a mechanical thing. So. It seems that I'm on the same well wavelength. Oh, my thing is beeping. Maybe that is Chicken Jar, who's ready to join us. Let's find out. This stream of live random is happening. No chicken jar yet. Let me mute these channels here. So. Um, bum, 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 thinking, thinking, thinking. Switching back topics. So I really feel like I'm channeling the same information that he has been um, on my own limited level. And this guy's going crazy with his book. His books. Now he says... Yesterday, they say that infinite infinity is not something you can deal with. You need to be limited to experience it. So, that's good. And that's a good attitude. Because as soon as you get to infinity, 
you also have the endless loop problem. And the endless attribute problem. The endless attribute problem is that if you have a number that has infinite precision, you can't multiply it or add it together with other numbers because it also takes infinity. The bigger your attributes, the more everything slows down. So you got to choose the uh, right amount of sampling, right? And that is the left. The left brain is a sample, a logical one. So we're all good. Very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Adam Curry asked about what is the semantic web? And um, I'm just going to give a little bit of a blurb on it here. So I encountered the semantic web in 2003 or so. Um, <clears throat> basically, I think in 2001 or so, 2003, around that time, Tim Berners-Lee, he had this idea of making a graph web with um, statements in it, like logical statements you could consume. <clears throat> this has turned into linked data. Now, I came up with my theory that this will never be, that the semantic web will never be possible because advertisers want to lie to you and the semantic web is about truth. And unless you can mislead the people, um, they're not going to support it. I mean, that's my, like, the death of the semantic web is advertising. And I guess politics. Let me move my mic up here. I don't want to kill you guys with my breathing. Just starting my walk. I'm getting started. So I don't have the ultimate answer for semantic web, but I started to get interested in it as a platform for publishing metadata about programs or actual program contents or graphs, compiler graphs, the introspector. Imagine dumping all the introspector data into the semantic web. But back in 2003 and four and five, I found that, hey, the semantic web is not able to handle this volume of data. Maybe it is today. And then we get into problems that I have been discussing of quoting. Because the, the idea of the compiler is that the idea of the compiler is that you're declaring new elements inside of your graph and then using them. And that's the same type of idea we're trying to do now is declare metadata inside of our podcast and then use it. You see? We have different sections of the graph or podcast that reference other sections of the graph or podcast. So one section is defining terms and then the other section is using those terms. But to someone from the outside, it just looks like a stream of random. It just looks like a big soup. But there's actually references and all types of stuff going on inside of that inside of that system. <clears throat> so I, I guess I'm not explaining very well. 
And I guess I do have problems explaining things. Maybe that's why we only have two listeners on a regular. But hello, two listeners. Lord, I appreciate you. And you know, I do appreciate the chance to share my thoughts and express them and to reflect over them in public. This therapy session has been helping me personally very much. <clears throat> so, maybe the true benefit for the public will occur in season three. But, um, so basically, we've come up with uh, self-descriptive systems. So, a system can describe itself, a system can compile itself, self-replicating code, recursive structures, that can be used to carry other systems, carrier systems. Um, all types of great ideas we've extracted out of the compiler. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and let's just say that this podcast is a safe space for ideas to live and survive and get exposure to the world. It's a safe space. This podcast is my safe space. Where we're not going to be exactly subject to huge amounts of public criticism because the public isn't listening. We're just some obscure corner of the world. The YouTube Kraken hasn't been released upon us yet. But, um... Yeah, we're just getting booted up here, kids. Just drinking our coffee. <clears throat> just woke up. And I've gotten to such a routine. It's like, wake up, get out of the house, go for the walk. That's gonna run me over. Whew. So, life is happening over here on my end. And yeah, we'll get to some clips soon, but right now we're still doing my monologue, my introduction monologue for the day. And uh, yeah, it's my show, I get to talk about it. I get to do it, and you can just hit fast forward, or hit stop, but you can't, because your hand is so heavy, you can't reach for the stop button, no, okay, let's see if that's chicken jar, he's finishing up his breakfast, all right, He's finishing up this breakfast. This could be a multi-hour discussion here. Him and his food. <laughs> Poor kid spends most of his time eating or thinking about food. So, let's talk about some right brain left brain for a little bit so the left brain is your logic and what you're paying attention to let's say and the right brain is the semantic web it's the graph it's the larger thing it's the uh, expansive net internetwork of all things as opposed to what's being queried at this moment. 
So I would just say that the left brain is the cursor and the cache in the CPU. And the right brain is more like the the passive, more passive, um, or less concerned with individual. It's kind of like the universe, really. It's like all the other stuff that I'm not thinking about right now. What was that artwork? All the ideas that I'm not currently thinking about right now? Yeah, those. That's the right brain. Well, the left brain. Whatever, I'm dyslexic, guys. Sorry about that. The right-handed brain. No, the left-handed brain. Damn it! I can't even say anything anymore. <clears throat> the, the emperor or the master brain is the god brain or the universe brain that contains all the knowledge and all the things that you're not currently thinking about right now. And they said there's like a meta switch that merges all of this stuff together. So that's interesting. A meta switch. Like a switcheroo or a mixer. A mixer at the, at the last moment. And I'm sure lots of things that we already know will fall into place once we have this schema, this new schema established. And we're going to have to let our subconscious, we're going to have to let our right brain, left hand, the master brain, think about this a little bit in the background. And um, let him not get too exalted and too haughty and too full of himself. <laughs> because that is quite the... Uh, quite the title of master, really, or emperor, or kaiser. So let's do some practices like they were saying, like the bird is focused on pecking food, but it's also aware of its surroundings. Well, we had that on the episode of Fear the other day, where I'm walking around the fog around Halloween, seeing like these skeletons in the, in the mist. That was pretty scary. That was definitely the right brain activity. Like making sense of your shadows. <clears throat> Imagine what's around the corner if you don't know. The Explorer. Uncovering things. Well, I'm definitely an Explorer type of person. And I love to uh, wander around. <coughs> so, excuse my... <coughs> oh, God. I hope I'm not getting a cold. I guess it's going around the house. Let's see. 15 minutes. Okay. I'll start the stream. Needs another 10 minutes. I'll start the stream in 10. Life is happening over here, guys. So, um, 
Yeah, we had a guest episode, the WYSIWYG podcast. Um, you can check that out at the stream of random. Looks like he just dropped another episode today on the Telegram channel. I'll get to that when I get to it. As much as I love Scott, I I don't want to Scott, I don't want to have to be your handmaiden for posting podcasts because you're perfectly capable of posting them yourself. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, where the hell are we, kids? You know, this podcast has a certain rhythm to it. It's also based upon the distance from my house. <clears throat> and, um, right now we're in the well-lit parking lot of a large institution. But soon we're going to be entering the dark streets of suburban New Jersey. Lit only by Christmas tree lights. Well, I guess they have some streets, street lights. But it's not the same. And boy, the Department of Transportation sure has a lot of trucks. They're all into their transportation, let me tell you. It looks like they're like transporters or something. So Trump has a 9% chance of winning according to betting odds, which is quite interesting. And um, he's moving to have the, uh, the state legislators directly send the electors in and skip the popular vote, which he says has been corrupted. So we're getting some real live um, <clears throat> drama TV here, kids. Yeah, the Trump reality show is live and kicking, let me tell you. You know, I think we have to extend the length of these walks because I'm really not thinking, feeling that, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to walk to, uh, ShopRite today. Because I don't feel like I'm really getting the maximum benefit from these walks in terms of being tired at the end. I've gotten so used to my routine here. that um, I kind of feel like I'm getting a little bit uh, complacent. I need more uh, physical exercise. Maybe I'll even go back to the gym. So, um... Okay, so let's recap what we've talked about so far and try and, uh, and try and explain it a little bit better. So, there are different ways of looking at knowledge and, and information. And, um, different theories, I guess. Like, we're working on our own theory, that of construction of a sensory experience through instructions. And, um, well, LISP has a certain way of looking at things. It's like lists, lists of data, right? 
and like assembly or Turing machines have just like bytes and arrays. And um, <clears throat> well, there's a certain way you can look at parsed data. So once you take some text or some blobs or some things apart, the separation process itself is a is a process. So the parsing is a procedure. And depending on how that procedure runs, you're going to split the original <clears throat> input into parts. These are the decision points. Like what is something? And these decision points or like the splitting splitting points, like here's a word, here's a name, here's a face, here's a person, right? And um, the idea of the semantic web, well, let's just start with the graph structures, is that um, every time that you reference something, it's like a pointer to that something, so it's an edge or line in a graph. So you declare something to be over here, and instead of just having its name, we just say we have unique names, unique identifiers, and these identifiers are then edges. Because every time that you reference an identifier in a certain spot, you're pointing at something else. You're like, this is chicken jars, we're looking for chicken jar right now, and chicken jars are referenced to him. So it's a line in the graph. And the idea of the semantic web, or the graph, is that we can define all the nodes as like documents, and all the um, references as URLs. But they can get shorter and shorter. And you've got all different notations. You've got unnamed objects, temporary objects, and so forth. Like, you don't have to have every, not everything has to have a huge URL. It could be like a tiny URL. It could be a local something. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah, it's time. We're going to end this first part of the podcast, 26 minutes, or 27 minutes, and we're going to continue on the, the, the live stream. All right. Well, it looks like our friend, Chicken Jar, is getting busy in life. His coronavirus thing lifted, and he's got people coming in and out of his restaurant and don't have got no time to talk and diddle doddly. I ain't got no time to chill, like, uh, <clears throat> oh, Primo and Gangstar, I ain't got no time to chill, I gotta move, I gotta move, what's up gang, uh, that's a great album, um, Jazz, Guru's Jazzmatazz, you ever listen to that it's like early 90s and um, it's got some great tracks and uh, anyone should take a listen to that I'm not gonna play music on this podcast because they're gonna come after us let me tell you they're gonna come after us I mean clipping a couple of uh... man God damn it. Hope I'm not coming down with a Rona on this show live. Let me tell you, that would be a pain in the butt. But, uh, yeah, we're clipping other people's uh, YouTube channels and discussing them and adding value. We're not 
clipping the whole shows, we're just adding references to them, but uh, music is something different. Now, my wife has been producing all types of music, and maybe I can include some of it on our show. So, um, we'll see about that. Damn, so we're really getting kind of pulled in different directions here, and losing our focus and all. You could say, why the hell do you have to produce podcasts every day? Like, what do you have to do it every day? Why? Why would you do that? Well, I guess it all started with these ideas that have to come out and that I've been thinking about for so long. And I'm just trying to walk them off, you know? Walk it off, G. So that's kind of what's going on. And um, now I guess I'm stuck in the rut. Well, people are complaining, but no one's gotten hurt from it yet, so. We gotta do our, get our steps in, though. Definitely gotta do that. Well, today we're gonna go all the way to ShopRite. Get us some bags of groceries. Check out the specials. Oh man, I don't have my mask with me. I can always wrap my safety vest around my face. They love that. They love when you do that, let me tell you. I remember that lady, she's like, I don't know what's going on. She's on the phone. She's like, something's going down here at ShopRite. There's a thug rapping. She didn't say that, but she was like, something's going down. I'll let you know what's happening. So, I guess we're trying to develop ideas here. Give them their safe space, not criticize them too much. Like my first grade, uh, my son's first grade teacher said, she's like, we just hope he's going to be able to write a sentence. We just hope that he's going to be able to express himself in some way, even if he uses the wrong words and doesn't have proper uh, punctuation. Well, I'll tell you what, my... But they do want you to capitalize the first letter over a period. Get the right capitalization. So I guess a lot of us um, on the internet have worse than first grade writing. We don't have capitalization. Or punctuation. So, that's like first grade writing. So, Damn. Okay. Well, I think that we've reached the point where we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We've probably pissed off everyone who's ever listened. If this is the first time you're listening, yeah, this is a pretty bad episode. But we ain't gonna shit can it because we're in our safe space here. Where everyone's a winner. Yeah. That's right. producing mediocrity. Well, we got some pretty awesome clips from Jordan 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 Peterson coming up. I'm going to put this on pause. 
I'm going to catch up on what's going on. I'm going to listen to some clips. And I'll get back to you if I think there's anything worth sharing. Because we reached a real low point in our synaptic uh, exchange here. Oh, 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 well, imagine if we could expand, you know, we talked about the uh, right-left brain, brain barrier. Well, maybe that could also get expanded in terms of um, how many, how much uh, neurotransmitters you've got to spend and maybe uh, it gets uh, worn out. Yeah, maybe. All right. Let's uh, find the stop button. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to introduce this clip here that I clipped yesterday. This is a continuation of the interview. But um, you can see how this ties into what we've been doing with Introspector. So... I remember it very clearly how we were talking about I was walking through Lawrenceville in Loveless area. It's called Loveless and uh, it's next to the trolley. And I was talking about the um, creating the closed world. So the closed world is the right-handed, the right-hand, left-brain, dead, not moving, constructed experience, which is closing off of all possibilities and nailing everything down so that you can enumerate over them. <clears throat> and um, the left-hand, right-brain, is the open-ended, alive. <clears throat> and this interplay, I think we clearly documented it on this podcast, at least from my perspective. And um, logically, there's the open-worlded, open-world and closed-world uh, models of uh, logic. One of the first semantic tool, web tools I was playing with was the closed world machine, the CM, CWM, which is a little Python script that would uh, process would process data in a closed world. Little automatons quite the fun little tool to play with I mean I quickly got to the limits of my of my knowledge with this at that point but um, I haven't given up even after 20 years I mean I have given up working on parts of it yes but I have retaken this up again try different attempts and I think we're finally making a breakthrough which is why I'm actually quite happy with this podcast um, at least a breakthrough from what I wanted which is a better understanding and it's kind of funny how how life happens and how things happen yeah well, life happened to me around 2003, and everything changed. So, my 30th birthday, 2005, long time ago. All right, then. Well, we're going to... Um, we are going to uh, take a look at this some more. Let's play this clip. 
it's not so much what each hemisphere does, it's the way in which it does it, by which I don't mean by what mechanism, I mean the manner in which it does it. Uh, you, it's better to think of them really as more like different people than different machines. You know, in talking about the brain, people are always a bit um, stuck because you, you've got to choose either to talk about it as if it were a machine, which it blatantly isn't, or you've got to talk about it as a person. I mean, it's closer to that, but clearly the brain isn't a person either. But it, the two halves of the brain have as we do, different goals, different values, different preferences, different ways of being. So uh, that, that brings me to, to what I discovered in a nutshell, which is that if you like, the left hemisphere has a map of the world and the right hemisphere sees the terrain that is mapped. So one is seeing an immensely complex, very hard to summarize, non-linear, uh, deeply embedded, uh, changing, uh, flowing, never constant, ramifying world. And in the other, the left hemisphere's uh, take on the world, things are clear, sharp, distinct, um, dead, uh, decontextualized, abstract, disembodied, and then they have to be put together um, as you would uh, put things together um, uh, like building a machine in the garage. You have to put the world together as if it were a machine. And, you know, I believe that, and I'm writing a book. Now, this next point really gets into, this is where the guy really resonates with me. And... I also have to say, you know, I guess we're just old fogies who believe in the soul or believe in humans versus this versus the machine. So I guess he is not a member of the cyber communist party. Um, so basically, he's going to say that we're not machines. The garage, you have to put the world together as if it were a machine. And, you know, I believe that, and I'm writing a book at the moment, um, another, I'm afraid, very long, <laughs> long book, but uh, which is really saying we've got to stop thinking about ourselves and the world as machines because it's, it's not accurate scientifically and it's very destructive socially, psychologically and emotionally and helps us to um, believe all kinds of terrible things about what our duties are towards the planet, what our duties are towards one another and what it means to be a human being at all. Well, we used to think it was a machine, the brain or, or ourselves, but now we know better. It's a computer. It's not just a machine. Uh, Right. That's, that's, <laughs> Nobody that's, does not. <laughs> a lot of people, of course, believe <laughs> that. Not. A lot of people believe that, and I and I. A lot of people believe that. That's um, my problem with them. <laughs> yeah, and it's fascinating. Of course, they could be right, but um, I'm sympathetic to your no, view. No, they're not right. <laughs> yeah, well, they could be right. I, I, I'm sympathetic to your view, and I found myself struggling, uh, alternating between thinking every word in this book is true uh, versus, wow, mm, is that. Is there really is how strong is the case for that claim? Because there's a lot of um... yeah, and now Jordan is basically going to say that um, he's going to attack him on these views and say he doesn't have the proof, and he doesn't have the proof because the whole idea of the soul and the whole idea of humans being human is a very romantic notion. I guess you could say it's conservative. The conservative viewpoint could be biblical. And um, it's not grounded in, in proof, let's say. It might be a holdout from before the Enlightenment. <clears throat> it's a book of, here's the way I would describe it. It's a bit of a prosecutor's brief. Um, I made a list of some of the words used against the left side in favor of the right side. Um, I made a list of the words that 
I don't think these you use necessarily every single one of these, but it's close. This is the left side, static, fragmented, linear, solipsistic, controlling, overconfident, objectifying, two-dimensional, virtual, lifeless, mechanical, context-free, and sees the whole as nothing more than the sum of the parts. Uh, but I've got both. And let's say that's true. But I have two sides. I got them both. We all have both other than stroke victims. So in what sense is the left side like taking over or uh, dominating, leaving its its tasks and, and, and taking on more than it was meant to take on and running the, our culture, which well, we'll get to in a little bit? Yeah, well – And now um, – yeah, we're going to see how he stands up to this attack. But we've heard, uh, I've heard other talks from him, and he's very much um, into this idea of the soul. So I would say, <clears throat> and well, I have to say a couple of things. One is I don't see exactly where the imagination fits into all of this. I guess it's the uh, left hand, uh, right side of the brain. Um, I was just observing myself. And I'm walking down the street and listening to this podcast and imagining all types of things. And I'm seeing them projected in front of me or seeing them in front of me. And then I switch and I see the road. It's actually quite interesting to see how, um, how the brain switches channels and how you're your, your mind can switch between different inputs, the internal channel, the external channel. I don't know how this all fits in. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's roll tape. Yeah, well, Russ, of course, you make a very uh, good point, which is that uh, we both, all of us, uh, have... Uh, two sides to our brain, and there's a very good reason that we do. And I'm not suggesting we'd all be better off if we had a, um, a left hemisphere stroke. <laughs> um, no, uh, there's nothing wrong with the left hemisphere. As I often say, it's my second favorite hemisphere. Um, and <laughs> we, we definitely need both to be working together. The problem comes from the fact that the right hemisphere is, if you like, a both and uh, style, whereas the left hemisphere is an either-or style, and the right hemisphere sees more, so it knows what it is that it doesn't know, but the left hemisphere seeing less thinks it knows everything and doesn't know what it is it doesn't know. So, in fact, they do relate uh, in a different way. Okay, so that's enough for today's podcast in terms of clipping this guy. I don't want to clip his whole podcast. I want you to go listen to Jordan Peterson. I don't want people to accuse me of just wholesale copying someone else's work. And it's obviously very well done. There's also a video and they're sitting around in suits in front of the fireplace. Very well, nicely done. So, you know, nothing like what we're doing here is me walking around like some vagrant in the middle of the night talking to myself, you know. But hey, we're on our safe space here, okay? So, um, we're going to, I'm listening to the Podcasting 2.0 episode. I have a whole bunch of stuff to listen to, and I'm just going to pop back into this podcast as I feel like it and just throw in some comments. So, um, let's uh, find out what's going on. Well, I'm just going to take this time to talk about podcasting 2.0 topics. Well, first of all, he's talking about certifying um, or giving like cer certifications to, um, to people to put on their websites. And I'm thinking, well, that could be like a signed certificate that has uh, also some type of payment um, information in there so when people click through it would um, get, present some information about where they came from and that they can also donate and a portion of that donation could be uh, sent as a referral 
we could get referral traffic. So that might be interesting um, for the click-through to uh, Podcasting 2.0. And I haven't thought it out completely, but I definitely think um, that you could issue some kind of certificate, like Let's Encrypt or something like that. It could be some kind of Bitcoin situation. So that's the first idea. Um, Now the second idea, and it also could be a QR code. So you could have like a QR code um, in your, a QR code that would be on the certificate as well that you could hang on the wall and people could scan it and it would take you to your certificate sign and then have information about uh, podcasting 2.0 and allow for uh, payments. So the next idea that I had was, well, I have a couple of ideas, but uh, they're talking about um, I don't remember that idea, but let me tell you the idea I've been thinking about, which is going to be hosting. Oh yeah. So they're talking about person and the person tag. And I'm thinking, uh, semantic web has really covered some of this with a friend of a friend, uh, vocabulary. And basically, um, instead of hosting a person, you would, uh, have, a link to that person's uh, friend of a friend vocabulary and um, that would provide their identity and this is also tying into the whole idea of uh, quoted metadata so I'm telling you I'm thinking hey you know this um, maybe not everyone has the ability to post information you know, in a, uh, in raw XML or HTML, maybe they're just using a free blogging platform. So we have to have it quoted. So we want to have quoted metadata. I'm working on that standard so that you could just do a blog post or a tweet and that tweet would contain your information. I mean, I'm also imagining it could be an image because you're allowed to put more information into an image. So we could put the uh, EIXF data uh, embed the metadata in the uh, EIXF metadata. Maybe that's a way to get around uh, size restrictions. I don't know. We'll have to do some experiments on how much of that is actually preserved. Um, it could also just be a QR code. So I'm thinking about all the different ways to make it more easier for people to uh, post metadata on the web and have that harvested in a freeform manner. And then finally, um, I'm thinking for uh, people wanting to host their own RSS feeds, they can also use like GitHub pages and um, or even archive.org pages and then we could tie that into uh, this thing called um, CloudFront. You can have CloudFront host your domain and then have it forward the addresses to other places. So I'm thinking maybe using CloudFront as a free, as in a beer situation, you could uh, set up free hosting as well. So that'll be my next experiment. (coughs) Be my next experiment in podcasting 2.0. All right then.